what's up everybody it's andrew of the cardboard cohorts youtube channel your host for the legions lounge and i'm joined with ceo of future lore studios creator of legions realms of war the trading guard game taylor how taylor how are you doing tonight pretty good thanks for uh letting me come back absolutely i mean you're the co-host i don't have a choice right <laughs> hey and the, I, don't, I don't run i don't run a, i don't run a dictatorship so. <laughs> and the cog that keeps this podcast machine turning the one the only our producer for this podcast matt waller matt what's up buddy not too much man what's up with you you keep gassing me up like this i know man i gotta hype you up dude it, it's a podcast we gotta hype people <laughs> up man and tonight we have a special guest with us, uh, Josh Yatsi. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I, I had to ask before we started the podcast, and they said it's Yatsi, just, you know, enunciate a little bit different. So I hope I got that right, Josh. It's close enough. Hey, all right. <laughs> so uh, you are actually the uh, mythical beast master. That's a little, I'm sure you guys are too young to understand that reference and probably have not seen the movie Beast Beastmaster. Um, it's a classic uh 80s movie. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend watching it. It's fantastic. I've seen stuff. it. Josh is the Beastmaster for sure. Absolutely. I so, never have. Yeah. yeah well, I, don't worry. Well, that's no surprise with you two. So, you you you're all a bunch bunch of youngsters. I I probably got two decades on you both. So, <laughs> but anyways, uh, Josh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, like I said, you are the Legion's Realms at Worth War. <laughs> Boy, messed that up. Re Legion's Realms at War. Beastmaster, you uh, rock the mythical beast deck, right? That's what they tell me, at least. I yeah, just, I, I mean, I, I, I saw you at the tournament, man. You, you, you were, uh, you were rocking it pretty good, dude. Oh, thank you. So, uh, I like to always start uh, with guests, ask them this one question every time. Uh, how long you've been playing TCGs? What was your first TCG? What's a game that just was like, okay, I love cardboard rectangles this is for me i want to keep playing well i played magic extremely extremely casually and by that i mean i had a deck maybe two that i could just play with a couple of friends and like in high school and stuff when you'd just be on your spare or something like that but honestly legions is the first tcg that i've actually gotten into it's just really like me mm -hmm. yeah yeah we were just actually on the uh last episode with uh pat um taylor had mentioned that about matt himself that this is actually pretty much the first tcg he's played so that's 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 really interesting man that's it's kind of cool to see like this brand new game bringing in like new players when tcg's tcg's been out forever it's pretty interesting especially for me i mean like i've been telling people uh i've been playing since 1993 so it's it's crazy to see that you know i'm, I'm sure you grew up in the uh the era of Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon and all that right i did but never really got into it like i had friends that were but it was more about the the cartoons and different stuff like that for me like with my friends just for those dude, games, yeah. so like, never I got never, into the cards. I never played Yu-Gi-Oh so much, but I, dude, when I tell you, I was watching every single episode of that show for so long. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so I played Yu-Gi-Oh a few times. Um, it just wasn't for me. And Pokemon, uh, I've always kind of viewed Pokemon as more that uh, collectible card game rather than playing card game. I'll people mm -hmm. collect it more than they actually play it. So um, it's just two games I never actually sat down and 
got into. Like I've just been a magic player uh, a lot throughout my life. So um, it was just always my go-to game until of course Legion's Realms at War came along. So it's interesting that, you know, to hear that that's pretty much your first TCG. That's pretty cool, man. Well, like I've said to, I've told Taylor before too, where it's just like getting in at the beginning Mm -hmm. definitely helps where it's like magic. I think like I started playing magic, like I said, extremely casually, but like in like 2012. And at that point, there's so much history behind it. They're already on reprints and all this stuff. And it just felt like I was always playing catch up. Okay. So, so this kind of leads into a question. This actually leans into a question that I wanted to ask, and it actually works out perfect since this is basically your first TCG. So this being your first TCG, what are your strengths and your weaknesses with with uh, this game or or just trading card games in general? If you dabble in any others like Magic and stuff, you said, what do you think your strengths and weaknesses are in TCGs? Um. Well. I mean, Taylor can attest to this. I don't actually, like, I just play the game to have fun. It just so happens Mm -hmm. that I know how to play one deck very well. So, Uh like, I don't necessarily go into a game thinking I'm going to win. Like, I go into a tournament going, you know what? If I top 16, that's a good day. Like, otherwise, I just get, I just get, like, the detriment's just too much at that point. Sorry, can can I jump in? Absolutely. Like, I think, personally, like, Right, playing a game competitively so much all the time, it, it ruins your mood to play the game. Just take a take a relax and have fun with it. Yeah, I I agree with that. That's why I don't uh, participate in every single tournament that goes on. Uh, just kind of I, I'm I'm not a competitive player. I said that several times. I, I'm kind of like you, Josh. I'm just more of a casual player. Um, I I do have a competitive side, of course. When I lose, I get frustrated, and uh, being in a competitive scene, that's not the best uh, best way to be. Um, so I try to stay away from the competitive tournament scene as much as possible. But um, like we we discussed in the first podcast we did um, at the for Legion's Lounge, um, this is actually as long as I've been playing TCGs, this is the first game I've actually I've actually played competitively in a tournament, um, as well as like Opal and Caleb as well, the other two members of the cardboard cohort. So um, it's it's really cool how this game kind of you know opens new doors for people like you and Matt, your first TCG, and me and Caleb and Opal playing our first tournament based game. You know what I mean? It's it's really interesting how much this game has just kind of grasped people to try new things, which I think is really cool. No, for sure. And yeah, like to answer your question then too, like weaknesses, I can honestly look back at myself and I can see a lot of them where it's just like the way that the game kind of unfolds and different um, synergies between cards and stuff. Like I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit slower to pick some of them up, like the more obvious ones that like Mm -hmm. people look at and go, oh, well, this card goes with this and this happens because of this and stuff like that. You also are like the person who finds the weirdest play lines that like Taylor's like hiding behind locked doors. Well, and that's what I was going to say too, where it's like, I think my strength is just because it's my first, I'm also coming in with an open mind. I don't, I'm not influenced by any other games. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm only looking at legions for what it is, which is legions. So like with mythical beasts, there's a lot of combos and stuff that it, for me it just makes sense because i don't have the background where 
it might like in magic a certain combo might not work because of a certain thing where it's this it's okay well it's legions it's just that how it is so it kind of well, it's kind of well, twofold mm-hmm. one of the things the piggyback off that i think one of the things that i really like about having uh josh at least in our in our, in our local community and seeing it uh transcend down to the united states when he when he made the trip down is that uh he like like he just said there that he finds things because he doesn't view our game through another game's lens. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Because in the TCG space, they're, you know, let's be real here, we're a niche market, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you have when you have such a such a concentrated market of only X amount of players that play TCGs in general, um, unless you're getting these new players to come in and play, you're basically um, pickpocketing from other TCGs and being that that person's second game or this person's third game, right? And like they're they're viewing this lens, they're viewing your game through a lens of, you know, I've had a lot of people say to me, well, your sequencing and your stack works very differently than a magic. Um, or I've had people who are like, they on the face value you see some magic players look at it and they see that they have face down fortified cards they're like immediately like oh that's like Yu-Gi-Oh and I don't want to play it but it's so vastly different but this is the thing is that um one thing I've noticed is that when we get new players like Matt and Josh and some other people that have have come along that this is their first TCG or their first time seriously diving into one um Mm -hmm. like Josh said they don't they don't they look at it as face value they don't look at it through another lens and as a result, Josh has flourished in the fact that he can he can see play lines and combos that other players can't because they're coming in with a prerequisite knowledge yeah. from something else. Yeah, I, 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 I can definitely see that and, and attest to that because as a magic player, um, that was that it has been a very difficult transition for me uh, because, you know, in magic, all cards are played face up. Uh, so when you're throwing these cards down on the field, uh, face down, they're and they're basically like trap cards, your fortified cards. It, it it makes you really sit and ponder, like what, as a magic player, what the hell is going on? Like the first time playing it, like I was like, what the hell is going on with this game? Like I'm so confused because, like I said, I'd only dabbled in Yu-Gi-Oh just a little bit, and that was exactly the kind of mind mindset I had. Uh, you what you said, Taylor? Like as a magic player, I I saw that those trap cards. You know, and it reminded me a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh, which I'm not a fan of. So um, when I first did that review, you like I said, uh, it wasn't a uh, sterling review. I, I didn't care for the game. And um, you you wanted to prove me wrong, and you did. You sent me a box. I opened up some more stuff. I decided to keep playing and, and you know, show it off to some of my friends and, you know, a couple of my kids here at the house and kept playing and playing and just instantly fell in love. Uh, and it was one of those things where it was like I had to – you know, we all are afraid to try new things because we get used to comfortability. Um, and that was like my biggest flaw, especially being a veteran in the military. I'm always set. I'm always have a set schedule or a certain way things are done. So changing my routine and my habits and and things like that is always a hard thing for me to adjust. And uh, and it's same with TCGs. If I'm familiarized with something um, that's how I like it. And, uh, I just had to keep giving the game a chance. And like I said, now it's, it's definitely the game we play the most. Uh, I think my magic decks have been collecting dust for at least 
I don't think I've picked up magic at least in the last three months. It's just kind of collecting dust in the background. Like, so. um, but like adding on to that, it's like some people when, um, like in the five k, I, I heard it quite a few times, and it would be like, okay, I'm playing demons. I play fallen fervor, and then they just say scry, or or something mm -hmm. of those lines, right? Or like, yeah, verbiage is definitely a uh, a learning curve. Coming no, from, exactly. From, coming from like magic with haste and you know things like that, uh, it's it, now I'm learning new verbiage on top of it. And and you guys know as well, you know, Legions is the only game we play as content creators. We're learning a new game probably every week to two weeks. Exactly. And at some point, these games just start meshing together, and you're thinking, oh my god, how do we like? We were playing, you know, we had started covering these other games and we had been, you know, playing them. And we went back to Legions after like maybe a couple of weeks of not being able to play. And we were sitting there looking at each other, me and Caleb and Opal, and we're like, wait a minute, how many cards did we draw? <laughs> like it was, it, it just got so confusing. So the more games you play too, the more confusing it can be as well. Cause you got to go back and kind of familiarize yourself again. So, no, exactly. Well, one but, of the main things, one of the main things we really wanted to stay away from is the fact that like, you know, you're in a you're in this space where, uh, like I said, it's a niche market, and everyone's come or most people are coming with a preconceived lens of of the games, right? So, immediately, you know, you hear it the most. What draws people to, the, to a game? Well, artwork, okay. And then next is usually card quality, and then third, mm -hmm. unfortunately, is usually gameplay. But if you don't check off the first two boxes, they don't even get to the gameplay, right? right. So it's it's a delicate balance as a designer and a developer to make sure you check those first two boxes first, right? Right. And that's a that's a major thing in the presentation of the card, just like when you eat, right? You eat with your eyes before you actually taste the meal. So yeah. the big thing with me is that I want to make sure that we do you check those two boxes. We've piqued people's interest. But now it's like just have like we don't we know that we're not going to come in and steal players. So we know mm -hmm. we're not going and we're not coming in to try and be the number one game. We're coming in with the understanding that Legions is affordable to get into. It is it's a welcoming Absolutely. community. Mm -hmm. It's a game that if you're familiar with TCGs, it's really easy to pick up because other than your verbiage, like you said there, um, we have elements that can be seen across multiple games yeah without it, without being clones of another it, game in in right? as you said before and we've all said before you can't you can't please everybody sometimes a magic player is a magic player and you're not you're not going to turn their attention away from magic uh sometimes people are going to find anything to bitch and moan about um i actually saw a um uh, sorry, Josh, I'll get to you in a second, man, but we're, no I, I just wanted to bring this up real quick. I had actually saw, um, so Legion's Realms at War has actually taken off really, really well. I see it in social media quite a bit. Um, I actually saw it in a forum today, and I'm not even a forums guy, but I was kind of searching some forum pages. And I actually saw it mentioned in a forum. And an interesting thing I saw, and this is one of those things where you get people that gripe and complain or bitch and moan, and they want this and that, but or nothing's ever good enough. Uh, I saw somebody say, well, it looks great. I'm not sure how it plays, but there's too much text on the cards. I'm like, okay, well, if there wasn't too much text on the cards, then would you complain that you didn't know how that card played? Uh, so it's kind of like one of those catch-22s. Do you want the text on the card so that verbatim it tells you how that card plays? Like there's no, okay, I got to stop and figure out what this terminology means like it's it's spelled out right there on the card which means yes there's going to be a little bit more text on the cards than on some other games but uh like i said there's that's no just one of those things 
whether you're yeah you don't have to interpret you don't have to decipher anything it's like boom right there on the card and like i said it's just it's one of those tcgs are those games where you're never going to please everybody like everybody's always gonna have something to complain about and i i personally i like the fact that there's all this uh text on the cards because it leaves no room for error or mistake i know exactly how that card plays um and and i don't have to go back and find a rule guide or a book or a, a rule book and okay well what's the terminology for this this what does bestow mean or you know what does blockade mean or hatch mean or whatever you know it, it's going to tell you specifically right there on the card which is what i really really liked about it well and that's one thing like and this is where we can bring it back to both matt and and especially josh here is the fact that you guys are you know new players to this right mm-hmm. like this being either your first or close to your first tcg um, coming in and learning the game, did you find in your first couple games? Did you have to refer to a rule book, or were you able no. to just reading the, reading the card explains the card? The first game I played, I was playing against AJ. AJ, he was playing a uh, bouncy dwarves, and I was just tossing my princes all over the place. Prince wish, prince wish, prince wish, and it all made sense because it says what to do and the effects in order to do them. Sometimes I would be like, "Oh, sorry, this card can't be played right now because it's a fortified." But that's how it. many pages? How many pages is the Legion's Realms of War rulebook? The comprehensive rulebook is twenty-seven pages. Okay, now does anybody here know how many pages Flesh and Bloods is? Um, let me check that really quick. Not often. Not hundred and forty-eight, I believe it is, or one hundred fifty-four. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean. That's the way I look at it. I have a flesh and blood rule book, uh, and it is massive. I, I print out like every game we cover. I print out a rule book, and I just compare. Okay, this is this this game's rule book compared to this one. How much thicker is it? How many more pages is it? And it's it's insane, man. Like Whoa. that's that, and that was one of the things that made Legions for me not one of those games where I was like, oh god, I got to read all this because they're just it was a small rule book. It, it's it's simple. It's it's easy to play, and it's just it tells you everything you need to know right there, and that's what I really really enjoy about it. So, and this coming back to Josh here too is he being in the community and like I've only met him. I met him about just over a year ago, right when he first started playing the game. So the Ravage Land uh, release, yeah. Yeah. So the big thing is is that like him being a new player, uh, a new person in in uh, a friend group of mine, and. The big thing is, is that I, I think what was great is he came in and he challenged me, you know, he, he pushed me to, uh, to on things that like when it came to the game, because he thinks outside the box and he's coming in, like I said, with that different lens. So he's coming in and seeing like, Hey, so why does this card have this interaction? And does that, does this interaction mean that I can do this instead of doing something else? And he really pushed the limits on what some of the interactions in the card mechanics do. And I think that's why he plays Mythical Beasts as well as he does, because that deck is so, um, it's it's easy on the surface and it's really easy to explain to a new player. But the more you dive into it, the more depth there is and the more intricacies of combos there are at, at the high level of competition. And that's where Josh has really pushed me and has really challenged me on uh, card design specifically for that Legion. And uh, I'll let him communicate on that. But I, I think that's, uh, that's yeah, that so was a really good thing. 
so so josh wh- why why mythical beast what yeah no, i, I want to know that too like that what what like, drove what drew you to, you to it? it yeah the art <laughs> really plain and simple i my favorite art in the game is uh the glare of the mystic fire beings which is the one with like the the lion head oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. i think it's just very 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 well done so on some and questions, so like that was it. adding on to so that. So basically, Josh went off pretty pictures. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, that's so what I, I did too. I don't know what it is. Like every game I pick up, and they, Caleb and Opal make fun of me all the time about this. Any game I pick up, I always pick up the hardest deck to play. And it's always the one that catches my attention that I want to play. And I always end up screwing myself because... I don't know the hell I'm doing most of the time. So um, I, it's kind of cool that, you know, I look at like play style and I read over the cards like, okay, this like for me, uh, I haven't dabbled in Mythical Beast too much. Um, I have a deck um, and it plays really well, but I'm not a control player and I feel that's what Mythical Beast is. It controls the board. Um, and it's just not really my play style, uh, but it can also be kind of aggro too because the ability to spawn so much. Onto I've the been one shot by them, like turn. I, I, I think yeah. every deck could actually be. Cons- I think every deck could play aggro if you really built it the right way. Um, but like I said, I just feel like it's controlling the board because it's flooding the board so much so fast that it's kind of like, damn man, it's kind of like a. Uh, 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 a, a mountain deck in magic mm-hmm. where it's just like okay boom it's flooding the board doesn't you know it's not going to cost a lot to play but honestly i think mythical beast does cost a lot to play oh. bloodborne costs are super expensive oh, yeah. that's been my one gripe against taylor the whole time is the fact that mythical beasts do not have a heal yeah like yeah the only, absolutely it's that's that's their biggest well one it, of the biggest detriments to them it's just the fact and it's been my deterrent from and it's been my deterrent from playing them not only is it high cost because you're spending your own health but their dcm their damage counter max is only what 65 nope, or is no. it 75 it's 80, is there Shalar, 80? So that, is 80. okay so marisad the newest warlord is 65 okay speaking okay. of marisad what do you think of her yeah uh, I think I think she's gonna be fun. The, I, the, I have the a crystalline creations that she has, you know, being able to manifest eggs, yeah. the uh, crystal dragon eggs. Uh, it has me so itching to want to try it now. It really, really does. Well, I feel like it's not going to play as people are anticipating because I think a lot of people are like, like, well, and. To kind of go back a little bit too, I also do really like mythical beasts, like just in terms of like in lore and different things. So that also drew my mm-hmm. attention. But dragons as well. I don't think the dragon deck is gonna work as people are anticipating. I could be proven wrong. I yeah. it's spoiler season. We'll find out. Yeah. But yeah, um we, we still got a lot of cards to spoil for uh Empires on the Rise quite well, a bit. So Exactly. But like I mean, it just doesn't it seems like they're the hatch, like the filling the board with the eggs, dragon eggs is going to definitely. I don't know if I necessarily change anything, but it it's it's going to be interesting to see the play lines that come of it, because I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that 
mythical beasts in terms of dragons are going to like find a way to destroy their own dragon eggs to spawn stuff but right now we don't know the cards it it what does it do it puts blockade of five right yeah so they have they're essentially like the hero tokens right now so they have an attack of five with blockade but then they also have hatch which then um when they're destroyed you can find three or less from your survive a dragon warrior is it three or less i don't remember that but i believe it is three or less okay so is it three or less it is three or less yeah okay so a dragon warrior from your eradication zone, you can revive it into that zone. That's an attack for three or less. Wait, does it say into that zone? Hey, let's all talk about really quick how impressive. I'm pretty sure. Every, how impressed everybody is Hold that on. Andrew did his homework on this. I knew it was three or less. <laughs> I, I I actually did my homework because I knew we were doing mythical beasts. You're the I expert knew, now. Now let's, let's not get carried away. I just piggybacking up what Josh said. I I think people are going to be very surprised um, with dragons um, in 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 mythical beasts and empires on the rise because. Typically, you know, dragons in in fantasy, it's it's the king of all fantasy creatures, right? So dragons in um, <laughs> every other fantasy, whether it's in a multimedia platform or in TCGs, they've historically been aggressive creatures. And decks built around them have been very fast and aggressive decks. Where just like just like the phoenixes in in uh, Mythical Beast currently, they can be aggressive. Um but they're a combo deck, and the dragon deck will be, like Josh was saying, I think it's going to throw people for a loop a little bit because it is actually a much more defensive deck than you would well, think. Well, because uh, her magic well, like... attack lets you do damage to as many to warriors as there are tokens on the field, right? No, it's you deal as much... So you deal damage to all opponents' warriors from... Yep. Not saying this right, correct me, but you deal damage to all opponents' warriors based on how many hatch or how many um, I almost said hatchlings, how many dragon egg tokens you have on the field. Oh, so basically, boom! You use her uh, special, you manifest the five onto the field, and then you yeah. use the magic attack to basically wipe their board. Yeah, their yes. board. Yeah, they don't hurt your own ones, which is interesting. Well, it had to be too because then they become super aggressive, right? The ability right. that Marisad can break a board and deal big damage to the opponent's side of the field, but at the cost of of putting eggs that can't attack on her side of the field, right? Right. Yeah. Marisad versus Marisad is going to be you, so you interesting. Only block with them because it's so, it's yeah. the amount of eggs on the entire field, yeah. not yes. just. So in the mirror party. match, it'll be pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Just every turn, every single egg. Getting so blown do you off. think? Do you feel yourself? Changing warlords when empires drops. I mean, I know you're probably going to test it out, but uh, well, here's the thing: I have not been shy to play anything. Mm-hmm. Like I have played mythical beasts in four tournaments. I think that's it. Maybe five. Yeah, the the five so happened that the play angels. It just so happens that the tournaments that Josh played Mythical Bees in, he finishes first, second, and third. So, hmm. so like, yeah, like the 4K, the first 4K that we had last year, like I played Angels. The Bountiful Harvest tournament, oh, I technically did play uh, Mythical Bees. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with this 
bounty dragon abomination that I was going into that tournament just hoping to win one game. Like, it was not going to win me the tournament, but I built it that morning, and it was fun. Hmm. Like, I... I played dwarves. I played angels at the uh, the Atlas 5K. Like mm. it's it's. I'm gonna definitely dabble in. Maybe not all of the new warlords. There's something about undead that just doesn't. Join me. I don't know. It doesn't entice me. Oh. Undead's not gonna be cool until masquerade anyway, so it doesn't matter. You yeah, know what? I, I can kind of sure. yeah the vampires. That's, uh... wait, 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 what'd you just say? What'd you just say? <laughs> well, hold on, retract. What'd you just say? You said vampires. Yeah, bro. I already got a deck name and everything. It's all man. about werewolves, man. No. So okay, so as a mythical beast player, then what's what's a flaw that you might see in the deck in that legion? Oh, oh, I love this question. Oh great! Oh, here we go. <laughs> The so, gloves come off. Oh yeah, nah, yeah. The the pant legs are rolled up, slipping off the flip flops. Um, no. The so I think in mythical beasts right now, the like so this is only talking about the current mystic fire build, which is kind of the only one that you can really play. Um, that's somewhat competitive at least at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say. One of the weaknesses is the lack of a heal. Yep. Um, they have Dominion, but I find Dominion, um, one, it heals five, which is great. Like, sometimes that's enough. But aside from a couple of cards that cost four Bloodborne, mm-hmm. the lowest amount that I am paying is six. Yeah. Right. And the cards off the top of my head that I can even think of are Awakening with its pay four sack two to draw two. And then you've got like Mystic Fire of the Manticore, which isn't even like necessarily main deck. Like it's, I, I personally run it, but like there's definitely builds where you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where like Dominion, it doesn't even heal you kind of back like even a full card. Right. So that definitely is one thing. But at the same time, you do have Shalara within a the DCM of eighty. So it does healing too much is would also be an issue. But exactly. that's just I mean, one of the things. You I have think welcome. the bigger Well, I don't run well. In Mystic Fire, you typically run mostly <clears throat> mythical beast cards. I don't run many bounty other than like Void Hollow, Twilight like Mist. literally the Exalted, Void Hollow, Twilight Gardens, and Defidian Effect. Other than that, I don't have any bounty. Hmm. Question for you though. Sorry, and mists. Yeah, and question though, do you find that like, how do you feel that you have a really good tutor though? How does that feel? Like, do you think that's a good part of the deck? Like origins, like yeah, it's obviously a good part of the deck. Like I, I'm not gonna say it's not. <laughs> Do you rely on it? Absolutely. Like that's the thing where it's like mythical beasts. At least the way that I run them, um, where I, to your point, Andrew, I run them fairly aggro. Mm-hmm. Where like I'm, 
I'm not necessarily messing with the board state every turn. Like I could very well, like I've had games where it's just like, okay, you can't kill me this turn. I don't think. So like, I'm just making the calculation of, okay, you can't kill me. I'll just wait a turn mm-hmm. and then try and pop off next turn. Right. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's, I play it more aggro. And in that case, like, honestly, you almost need, um, that origins to tutor right. the mystic right. fire cards now at the same time you almost like it's almost a necessity to play the origins after you have an awakening oh and yeah, that's the cause... kind of caveat because like if you're playing it's like that's where the mystic fire cards that are the act cards so to kind of answer your question as well the board state um, I think is a little bit of a weakness in the sense of it's so clogged. Exactly. So you're in order to kind of get to the point where you can do damage, you're filling up three of your unified slots because you've got awakening and then you need arena and can flag to really do any damage. And then for speed or not speed, just for more power, you run ley lines as well. So that's a fourth. I do not run ley lines. You don't run ley lines at all? Nope. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Who's your guardian? Like, you're, you're, you're kind of jealous of the new Titan Warlord. You do some of that reducing DCM. You see that on her? Yeah. I don't know. I I like Shalara. Yeah. In the sense of like I have I have absolutely no problem using her special ability. And I have used it to literally just draw one card. I, I've played them. Like I said, I, I've <laughs> dabbled with the mythical beast. I, I haven't lost with them too much when I played with them, but I have gotten very close losing only because I was just, like I said, spinning my own DCM, my own health. It's, mm-hmm. it's very hard when you're, especially when you're not familiar with that deck and you don't play it constantly. Um, just playing it like strategically. So you don't end up screwing yourself. It is, so I can kind of see why you just stick to that one deck. And I, like you said, you dabble in everything, but that's your go-to deck. And it's kind of like one of those things where you're comfortable with it. You are so. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to that point too, I have won so many games on like one or two life remaining. Right. Like it's just how the deck, like it's, it's, I find when people like some people pick up the deck, they're like mm-hmm. trying to conserve their health. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like that at the beginning. And then I'm just like, you know what, this isn't working. So I just, there are so many plays that I'm like, literally just like looking at it and going, eh, we'll see what happens. And just all of a sudden I pay 20 life and it's just like, okay. I've had Taylor literally looking at me going, what are you doing? So you're telling me just make <laughs> one big usually turn. usually wins those games. That doesn't kill yeah. you. Make one big <laughs> turn that doesn't kill you. usually against you too, Taylor. <laughs> exactly. so, uh, so what is your least favorite legion to play against then when playing mythical beasts what's what's the one legion that you're just like ah god i don't wanna undead for the jealousy why the jealousy undead can heal like 65 in a turn i can deal me me personally i hate playing against demons especially when you're especially when you're playing a hero's deck like i used to play (laughs) constantly you know buffing up your 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 warrior and then boom it's gone I can't stand it. So I actually don't mind. I think demons 
or mythical beasts rather have a fairly decent matchup into demons mm-hmm. because it's like oh cool you're gonna steal my hatchlings okay once they go to your side mystic fire arena doesn't see them anymore but can fly as... still does well it's it's one of those things where my side is still boosted but like i can also like against demons my biggest go-to is just okay cool i will just make sure you don't have any warriors to steal right and i can do that fairly easily because there's a lot of cards that like allow me to just destroy my own hatchlings and such I think um, right very key point too that i think josh uh, maybe he was getting here but mythical beasts out of all the legions in the game they have the best ability of breaking boards oh, um shalara yeah. shalara oh, on, on face value she is probably this standalone not her deck included just her as a warlord she's out of the eight she's the strongest warlord in the game out of the original eight right um her ability to just destroy unified and fortified cards in the field and have them not be destroyed by card effect i know that was a lot of uh a lot of new players got had to, had to adjust to that josh was able to steal some victories because of that um, but mythical beast's ability to just break a board uh, i think that's one of the main reasons why they're so effective against demons because they were demons rely on having a very strong board presence not just in stealing warriors but having ability to lock the opponent's deck down and mythical beasts just pick it apart yeah yeah so um, mike no. i got a quick question for you Six. yeah so which guardian do you run since we're speaking about the left side uh so i run serena sada so oh, okay. oh no okay mythical beasts how i've built them so like there's definitely ways to play around it but i find a lot of the mythical beast support um is based on consume so like uh, so that, you're using her for the higher consume literally i use yeah. her for the higher ap it's nice yeah, she's got have... the, she's got what the 80 correct she's 80 the only only the, guardian uh... with 80 right yeah, yeah so like mythical beasts like mythical beasts um like honestly the mall is just a bonus yeah. like i need so like magical ward is such a good card in mythical beasts but it costs 20 consume so if i was using ragnmund or viviana like the yeah, other two, two choices turns. that i'd have i have two of them and if i use two of them i literally i have 10 left and at that point i really can't do much so you said um, your ap is very important yes have you considered overflow Yes. Do you run overflow? No. Why not? Because, like I said, I run my deck very aggro, and if I need overflow, I've lost. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, Josh runs a deck very lean and mean. So, 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 to so we were talking about like, what's your your least favorite deck to play against, right? And what was your answer? So. My least favorite deck to play against is honestly the Outer Rim Orcs. Yeah, they're disgusting. Because I just I it, it's it's one of those things with the 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 rampage rampage. Mm-hmm. It just I can't deal with it. Yeah, like it's it's, it's yeah. so hard for me to. Um, really do anything about it like i have beat it once or twice but like it's it's so hard to play against just because like well the deck just comes at you so hard so fast right yeah orcs are so so aggro yeah especially somebody pulls that 
damn blood axe. And you're like, oh, really, dude? Really? Actually, even in my build, if we're speaking about orcs, I didn't even run blood axe. I don't. I, I honestly, personally, don't run it in mine too. But I played a couple decks that have played it, and I'm not a fan of getting it played against me. But I, I don't run one in mine either. Uh, mostly only because I have it in my collection, and I didn't want to play it. And as you guys know, I had one before, and then we all know about the uh, horrible uh, cardboard disaster of Andrew's life, uh, where I lost a lot of my cards due to a weather storm. So. Um, when I got that other second blood axe I pulled, I just put it in my collector's um, binder and I refused to pull it out of there, <laughs> which is what I've unfortunately had to do with a lot of my replace exalteds and renowns. I just put a lot of them inside my uh, collector's binder, which is kind of sucked because you want to put them in your deck and play them. But at the same time, I'm a collector as well. And I just don't well, want anything I mean, to happen to him. And I'm so nervous speaking... after that day. So. Speaking of uh, collectors, I think we need to. This is the first guest we've had on that is the owner of an entire mass, not only master set of or master playset of cards from from uh, one or two sets. He owns the entire master class. Nice. Mine, mine is a few. I still have. Oh, you put are the order. You are short a few. I still haven't put the order in for uh, the ancient relics from bountiful harvest that i'm missing but i have one of every i think i have two of every one of them it's just a case of going but to nerds does, and putting an order in to get the rest of them but yeah frontiers josh and ravage lands. ravage lands the set that's out of print josh has the entire master set and frontiers nice so speaking of sets let's ask you this man uh what's your favorite set so far We've had Ravage Lands, we've had Bound of Harvest, and we've had Frontiers. What's the one that you've liked the most? Hmm. Oh, look, I got him with this brain buster, guys. <laughs> that was, like, the simple question I thought. <laughs> well, like, I like Ravage Lands just because, like, it kind of set the tone for, like, most of the decks that <laughs> play now. It's so Frontiers. funny, dude, that you say that because you think you'd listen to the other podcasts already, but that's literally what basically Pat said, too. I think well, that's kind of what we all feel. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's also the only booster set. Right. Right? Like, the other ones have been more supplementary, which right. is great, but, like, it's... Ravage Lands, not only did it come out, like, at first and, like, when the game came out and it kind of allowed the decks to play how they needed to... It's it also it's the only deck that like was meant to do that. Whereas all the other ones, it's like, yeah, we're gonna change like the meta a little bit and add some elements, but at the same time, it's still supplementary. It's still setting up yeah. the next set. So well, it's your least favorite. Honestly, I would probably just say Bountiful Harvest just because it's the smallest. <laughs> ironic, like, dude. Ironic. Well, it's one of those things where I feel I'm I'm definitely of the mind where like it is so underestimated. Like there are cards in there that like nobody plays. And like I I mean though without it you wouldn't have Serensada, so Well, exactly. And there's also the cards like Mists, Welcome, Viviana, Serena Sada. Is a cool card. Cockbell, Ren. Yeah, like yeah. all of them Yeah, Red Renegade I, was sweet, man. Yeah, like 
it's it was a great set. I'm not trying to take away from that. It was just I feel like it hasn't been explored properly yet. And for me, again, because I my main deck is Mythical Beasts. And with Mythical Beasts, I find it's the best to at least currently build it more like pure. With right. only not a few using, bounty. Not using bounty cards, using very little bounty cards. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. So uh my I had another question to go back to your, you know, you as a tournament player. How was it going from the Canadian tournaments there and coming down here to Clarksville, Tennessee at Guild Vault Games and playing in your first US tournament? How how different was it? How did you find it tougher to play in that tournament because you're playing against new players, new decks? Like what was your thought process going into that? Um honestly going into it, I was just going down for a good time. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, I kind of told you my mentality going into tournaments where I'm just like, eh, I just want a top 16. Like, I was not expecting, like, I, I can't go into a tournament and expect to do well because then if I don't, then I'm just going to be, like, distraught afterwards. And so, like, it's just not worth it. Um, So, like, I went into it to have a good time. Now, it was also, like, I was not guaranteed to play Mythical Beast even. I I think I'd even messaged you beforehand just saying, like, hey, what's not played down there? Yeah. And then you said Angels, mythical Dwarves, and, and Mythical Beasts. And I'm like, yeah. well, I know there's one guy who plays Dwarves. At the time, I figured um, Caleb, I was told he was coming, he would play Angels. Now, obviously, that didn't work out for yeah, various he, reasons, but... I mean, yeah. It happened, but yeah, though. so I'm just like, yeah, okay. it, it kind of sucked for Caleb because one, Caleb didn't plan on playing in the tournament because, you know, he owns his own business, but yeah. also he just moved. So all his cards are literally in storage right now. So he had no deck to play with. And I Ooh. felt so bad because it's like he does rock that angel deck really, really well, like really, really yeah. well. And I was like, man, you know, when I walked in and he told me he was playing, I was like, well, what deck are you using? He's like, well, I'm using uh, a dwarf deck. I was like, dude, you've never played dwarfs the entire time. The entire year we've been playing this game, I've never even seen you pick up a dwarf deck. Like, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to, it's going to either, he's either going to get lucky or it's going to suck for Caleb. And it sucked for Caleb, but he, like, he, he's like you. He doesn't care. He's just there to have a good time. So he, he like I said, he was just there to meet people and have fun. So, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Like, I think that's the best mentality to have, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he got fifteenth, but uh, and Samuel Graham got sixteenth, and uh, Samuel actually did play the Angels, if I, I remember say, yeah. right. Yeah, so he did, and he's so. just like, there's something like he said to me, uh, there was just something there, like he 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 loves the artwork for Angels, that's what drew him to it, but he said, I just don't think it's my Legion, so he's going to, you know, experiment with some new stuff uh, for the next tournament and and whatnot, so. Uh, I'm interested to see what he comes up with. I think he's leaning towards uh, demons, honestly. So, you know, another right. demons player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no. so yeah. So yeah. So yeah. How how'd you how how was it, man? How did you have a good time? Was it yeah, cool it was meeting great. everybody? Uh, Absolutely. What did you think um, of that? What did you think of Guild Vault and all that stuff too? You know, fill get let us know, man. Fill fill us with it. Let us know. Yeah. No. Honestly, like we got down there um me and aj there we drove together and 
Um, oh yeah. Before we didn't get invited this, out for dinner or anything. So no, no, we just, no, uh... no, 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 no. <laughs> stop right there. Okay. So, so check this out guys. So <laughs> we had Taylor, Ryan and Paul, and then of course, Josh and AJ who drove separately. Right. So I, I sent a message and like, Hey, this is where we're going to meet for dinner. Well, we were in the assumption that we didn't know you guys drove separately. So I was just assuming everybody was together. Um, so we went to this nice little Mexican restaurant, which, you know, Paul was like, dude, this was the place to go. This was like the hands down the best burrito I've ever had in my entire life. I was like, hey, Andrew, you did a good job. You hit the jackpot. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. We just had a good time, you know, bullshitting and hanging out and, and meeting everybody for the first time. And, uh, you know, we were told that you guys drove separately and, and this and that. So we thought you were running late. Well, we find out that you'd only been about five minutes behind them. Or actually, I think you guys got in town before them, right? Or was it yeah, after? I think we were ahead of them. So not only yeah. did you get in town before them, but you literally had dinner across the fucking street. <laughs> literally, I could have walked outside, spit, and hit Yellowtail from the Mexican <laughs> restaurant. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They were just right across the street this entire time? I was like, these these sons of guns, man. But well, yeah. If Ryan's phone hadn't have died. That's uh, yeah. that's what we'll blame it on. So. We'll blame it on Ryan. We'll, yeah, exactly. We'll just blame As it on Ryan. Yeah, but um, what'd but you think yeah. of Guild Vault, man? No, it was cool. Like we went to so as I was saying, like we went out to eat and then we were like, you know what? Let's go scope it out, see if like just make sure how to get there and stuff. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's open. And it's like because our store closes at ten, so we're like, oh, it won't be open, whatever. Midnight, like, man. Yeah, which Again, we weren't expecting, so we're just like, yeah, let's go in. So we went in and got recognized immediately because AJ was wearing his Legion's attire. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. And they were probably welcome. like, look at these lunatics in shorts and flip-flops. They have to be from Canada. Probably. Because, I mean, it was like, what, 30 degrees outside that day? No idea. It was just beautiful. Yeah, you're Gorgeous. a psychopath, my friend, because it was freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no so no everyone like i think nick was the one that um met us at the door and that's when the gig was up and all that but yeah. no everyone we ended up staying and talking with there were a bunch of people practicing for the tournament the next day and it was honestly it was... so funny though seeing like opal like freak out being like why is aj in like sandals it was, it was so funny yeah, like just from what I from what I've heard. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was me too. We were yeah, both in was, sandals. Yeah. Like, was that just for the jokes of it, or like? No, I don't own shoes. Mm. So you actually played Opal in the tournament. I yeah, I still feel bad. <laughs> he, okay. he played. Okay. Not only did he play her, he played her in the final round of Swiss, and then the first round of top eight, yeah. back to back. And which she veil, was hoping, which she was hoping wasn't going to happen. Well, uh, her veil she did not pierce once. In yeah, she distinctly <laughs> had told me and Caleb that she said, I hope to God that in this tournament, I don't get stuck playing AJ or Josh anytime early in the tournament. And and then I just early. laughed. Well, <laughs> it was in a miss and not it was a miss opportune time for her. We'll put it that way. But she still made top eight. So it's OK. Well, and that was the thing. She turned to me after the first like so after I beat her the first time, she turned to me and said, yeah, I needed to beat you to make top eight. And then I just feel like a dick. I'm like, oh, this is like now I just feel horrible. Then yeah. she ended up being seventh, which was great. And mm -hmm. 
because I was second, I ended up playing her the yeah. first game and it was the turnout ended up yeah. pretty good, right? Like we had some we had a good amount of players. I think there were there were sixteen if I'm remembering correctly. Correct. But yeah. I know there were also like six people that were just they couldn't get off work, which well, which we discussed. What well, me and Taylor and Matt talked to Pat on the, the oh, last yeah. episode. Uh, the problem with that is military town, man. Uh, people fluctuate in and out so much. Oh, absolutely. Uh, deployments and things like that. So uh, that's a bad part of LGSs and military towns. You can never keep the player base. It's not because they don't want to play. It's not because they've moved. They're just it's not in the because area there's deployments going on. There's you know um, absolutely field duties and stuff like that going on so it's just hard to keep that player base all the time uh, but i think the player base um was for the first u.s legions tournament was i thought was fantastic um it just gave me motivation anyways to push to make the next one even bigger um which is my goal i have some some things in mind to do that so um well and it Josh sounds is like gonna make the trip back down right so he's got it that's just him. That's what he does. Uh, yeah. I haven't told my girlfriend that yet. So she, <laughs> um, that's okay. See that you see that was your key word. Girlfriend, not wife. Girlfriends, you can still do whatever you want. Wives, you cannot. I mean he just he just sighs <laughs> long. He's like <sighs> I live with her and we have a dog. So like it's like I can't just leave my dog. Yeah. See, that's a little oh, more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just teasing, man. You got to treat your ladies right, man. Oh, oh no, no. I missed, just can't leave you the dog. That, yeah, you can't leave He's the like, dog. it's not the girlfriend. It's the dog. I can't leave the dog. Well, I got a text from her earlier saying that she's just standing in front of the door crying because she wants out to me. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, no, I thought I thought Guild Vault, and especially because I think afterwards there was – I know when we were playing, there was one group of four that came in and started playing Magic right beside us, um, right beside the game I was playing in. And apparently, from what I understand, like the next day, so like that Sunday, they were in getting stuff to play Legions. Well, come on, man. Where do you think all these Legions players came from? Magic. Well, and, well that's just it. But like, it's one of those things where it's like there's like people that like it seems like the community grew even after the tournament. So it's like well, the next tournament we could be. Well, you have to remember, Legion's Rums of War didn't come into Guild Vault till like maybe a month and a half. No, or exactly. maybe, a, you know, so for them to be able to, you know, get that many players to play in the tournament, you know, it's the first phenomenal. tournament in that short amount of time, I thought was, you know, might not be big numbers to some people, but I thought it was rather impressive in a short amount of time to get that many players to to go from one game that they've probably been playing for years to try something new to actually be part of a tournament so and it's those tournaments you know they do them every thursday for legions realms at war now um yeah. and sometimes they have a better turnout for the legions tournaments than they do the magic tournaments well if um, i'm not mistaken i think ed posted in the uh discord that they're potentially going to sunday tournaments as well yeah you pick up a second day yeah so, yeah. so see, that works so that works for andrew so it's very hard for me and the cohorts to go support on the weekdays because we yeah. have kids and we have families, but also we have Thursdays are one of our content creating nights. So like that's one of the nights we do live videos. Um, so for them to be actually, you know, thinking about doing a Sunday tournament, 
uh, it works out way better for me because Sunday is my down day to do anything I want anyways. Um, and I'm sure that it'll be an earlier tournament instead of like six o'clock at night. And so I'll be able to actually participate more if they did them on Sundays. It's just the weekdays are hard. That's just unfortunately one of our stream nights and it's hard, but to, to make the, the, the tournaments those nights. So I just piggybacking off what Josh said there too. I like, I think that shows, that shows great growth, right? It's the fact that they've Absolutely. accumulated enough players to pick up a second tournament night. Um, like you said, for a store that's had the product for, what, two months? Just a little over two months now? Yeah. Um, and exactly. so that that bodes really well. Like I, like I said, well, I, I got a message saying that, you know, our player base grown. And since we've been back, uh, Gilvault has ordered more, uh, more two-player battle decks, like starter product. So... Right there, that tells me like that's not already existing players buying starter product. That's new players, right? Well, so. it's it's kind of like this. Some people have been playing like up there in Canada, have been playing Legions at like Nerds and Atlas and stuff, where the game's already there and they come into it and people are playing. I look at it this way as a as a looking at it a different viewpoint. Um, I took the LGS kit that you sent into Guild Vault when there was literally nobody there that had even heard of that game. Ever, ever heard of Legion's Realms of War and we sat down and we did the learn to play and I talked to Joe and told him what you know what uh, Future Lore Studios offers to LGS's and watching it go from zero players that had never heard of the game before to a tournament a month and a half later of 16 people which was short six seven people due to deployments and things that is what really just looking at it at that viewpoint was just to me super amazing because Everybody, like I said, some of the players there in Canada, they, they they rolled into Nerds and Atlas, and it's already been going there. So they're like, okay, everybody's playing Legions. This We started from nothing, uh, nobody hearing of the game. So I just thought that was really cool to see that, and to be to have been a part of that growth was just simply amazing, you know? Yeah, and that's why that, I actually... I, I say, like, that's why I really thank... Sorry, Matt, go for it. it. You want to go? I was just going to say, I just I really thank... Like Josh and AJ for making that trip, right? Like absolutely, th those those kind of things don't go unnoticed, but like those kind of things are what help our blossoming community, right? Like these are two of our our higher skilled players making the drive from another country, yeah. you know, uh, ten and a half hours down to down to uh, to Tennessee, right? So like, and that's that's the kind of stuff like when they said they were in and that. You know, months before when we were planning the the whole tournament, they said, "Yeah, we're in. We're going to make the trip, right?" I was already planning on making the trip. They said they're in, and then just incentivizes us like, "Yes, let's do this," right? So, um, and then we were able to get Ryan uh, shortly after, and he made the trip with us as well. So, uh, we felt as though that like not only having Canadian players come down to represent uh, the playing community from the north, but also me myself making that trip down there um i felt that not only uh was it something i wanted to do but it was something that was necessary to show the faith to the community that like hey you know we may be we may be a, a game not from america but that doesn't stop us right like we're gonna show that we support and you guys welcomed us with open arms and like that's the that's the big thing is is that we wanted to show that we are going to make the effort and make the distance to to travel to another country to play yeah yeah absolutely like like you said like it's a, it's not a short trip from canada to clarksville tennessee but you guys made the trip you showed 
that you support local game stores, that you support the community and the players. And that's what I think was really important to see, which I know I wish I, I wish other LGSs, other communities could see how much it means to Legions of Realms at War, the community and the LGSs, because you guys truly, truly do care. Uh, it's, it's, it was, it was amazing to actually sit down and meet you, all of you and, because we've only talked through, you know, Discord or social media, uh, but actually being able to to meet everybody. And, and I, I hated that I did not get to sit down with Josh or AJ longer and actually have conversed with them. Uh, but the tournament was so hectic and it was so long. And there was just so much going on. There just wasn't time for it. And um, I felt bad because I just I felt like I needed more one on one time with them. But like I told you too, Taylor, I get to talk to you guys every day, all day. And uh, I, I wanted the, the community there to be able to talk and converse and uh, as as content creators, as somebody gets to talk to you guys every day, all day, I, I felt it was important for me to step back and let everybody else have that opportunity. So I just thought it was really cool that everybody got to meet the creator of this game and these amazing tournament players. It was it was it was very awesome. Well, to be fair, Josh does uh, play Mythical Beast, so his games go to time often. <laughs> yes, they sure did. They sure did. Yeah, I mean, that's and, just uh, how you, happens. And, uh, and uh, Josh, you got to meet another content creator besides the Cardboard Cohorts. You got to meet Samuel Graham. I did, briefly. Again, yeah. that's one where I didn't really get to sit down with them either just because, again, it's a little bit of a chaotic day. But no, amazing, from what amazing I guy, man. Exactly. Can't wait to have him on the podcast. I know we're, we're planning on a, on a episode with him. He's a fantastic guy, man. He's a big, big supporter of Legion's Realms at War. And uh, just, like I said, down to earth awesome dude like you guys are so so you got i know you had you said you had a big list of questions for for josh any ones left they are lingering that's burning over there for you andrew no because uh, unfortunately what he did when i asked a question he went right into another question i was going to ask and he pretty yeah, much asked answered my questions without me asking them so wow way to be prepared <laughs> josh thanks a lot i got i got i got like two or three left okay, okay. Well, let's knock them out what so you obviously your favorite legion what's your favorite card Glare well, of the Mystic did... Fire Beings. Yep, he already well, okay, said well, it. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, favorite artwork. Well, actually, sorry, sorry. Favorite artwork is Glare of the Mystic Fire Beings. My favorite card? Mm -hmm. Pandesha's Gifted Sprite. Okay, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, just because Taylor doesn't think it belongs in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just play it out of spite. Hey, Honestly, most great, of my... It's a great card. <laughs> and how do you feel about the watch list as it stands? I mean, it doesn't affect Mythical Beasts a ton. Um, no. There are definitely some cards on there that I agree with being on there. Um, I don't personally play the decks with that have been hit the most. So I'm not, like, from a playing against standpoint, it's like, yes, I love this watch list. But I also can't speak to the other side. So Well, I mean, not and, even and I speaking think the... of in, like, a, oh, I think this is great. I think this is bad sense, like, oh i'm not playing against these cards anymore like do you think it's healthy or do you think it's like it hasn't stopped cards? me losing so <laughs> listen to that cockiness my god no no no. i said it hasn't stopped me from losing yeah to those decks as in like so i don't think yeah. the watch list right now is no an imperative thing i mean it's it's 
the game's been out a year. It's not like there's a metric shit ton of cards on, you know, on the watch list, on, on a restriction list. It's, I don't think it's anything detrimental to the specific legions or anything at this moment to where it's just going to, you know, screw those legions. But then again, as the game goes on with these expansion stuff, yeah, I could possibly see it becoming an issue on down the road. It's just right now, I just don't think it's anything too crazy or hectic in, in my personal opinion. I think a very important and key thing that I think it's glazed over a lot. Um, I watch a lot of Legion's content, not just your channel, Andrew, but others. And one of the major things that since our tournament season started and since the implementation of the watch list, um, it's something that we were transparent with the community right from the very beginning, being a non-rotational game, that if you're not going to rotate cards, eventually you're going to have to restrict cards. It's just the way, that, the way it goes. There's nothing you can do there's so many different pathways of testing. It's just our job as a developer and creator to make sure we produce the, the best game and put our best foot forward uh, in terms of overall balance and card design. But the, the key thing I think that gets missed or glazed over a lot is the fact that the watch list is in fact that, a watch list. It is not right. actually a list that the cards it's, that appear on the watch list are not cards that are restricted. And I think yeah, that's absolutely. a common yeah. misconception. Uh, we've Absolutely. had some content creators even look at the watch list and just automatically associate that with a ban list, and that's not it. The yeah. cards that are on the watch list are still cards that can be played. They're not banned. They're just right. cards that we are paying closer attention to in case we need to act on them. We're just right. it's it's the watch list only exists to be completely transparent with our community. So that people so, aren't surprised when it's like, hey, boom. exactly. Yeah. We're letting people know that these are the cards we're watching for. And these are the things that we want to tell people. It's not just out of the middle of nowhere. I know that like quarterly, I think it's like every three months, like or three or four months that Yu-Gi-Oh drops a ban list out of nowhere. And just people mm -hmm. like, they speculate what's going to be on it. But then just like, boom, it hits. And then there's a frenzy. Either people uh, just sell off a bunch of cards or they go to shops and buy a bunch of stuff that came off the ban list, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's it's a frenzy when that happens and people like players anticipate and they know the week of the water, the ban list is supposed to come down. They're supposed to be watching. And we don't want that. We want it to be transparent and open with the community as much as possible. So things that exist on the watch list are there as our open communication to our player base that these are the cards we understand could potentially in time or with new cards become a concern. Mm -hmm. So we are just openly letting you know that these are cards that we are observing more closely. Right, like the and perfect I, I example feel... with that is is Magic Flowers of Rainbow Autumn, right? Like the, the consume 30, bring everything that's non-bounty on the field back to their hand. Mm -hmm. I think it's... It might not be great yet. I mean, it's, it's pretty good in Orc. But like... But, it's going to be even better later on. You know? Yeah, as Bounty gets more support and when they get the, the playable Warlord and it, it, it then cards like that um, see a, a massive spike and a resurgence in, in play. And that's why it's stuff like that we preemptively put there to let people know, like, hey, we're trying to cover all our bases. We're watching things. But like I said, there, there, it doesn't mean there's actually there's a there's a there's cards that have been on the watch list for ever since it was instated and has not been touched yet. So well, just we because have of, a, we have a bounty warlord on the way, do we not? Uh, yes. Yeah, so interesting note with Marianas, uh, we are going to be doing updates to our uh, as the Kickstarter 
um, while you're listening to this podcast. The Kickstarter is currently underway. Um, but we uh, we have some shaking up of, of next year. Um, and when you're listening to this, you'll probably, the website will already have been updated. Um, but Marianas, uh, the Corsair of Despair deck, um, we are pushing later in the year because our main focus was to get empires out to everyone. And we felt as though that Yes, we could. We had a decision. We could. We could put her out early, and uh, delay Empire's release. Or do we just release Empire's the set that everyone's waiting for, um, and has been anticipating for a long time? And we didn't want to. We didn't want to go with the smaller product since we just came off of uh, an expansion and a blister product, like Josh mentioned earlier, as almost supplemental-like products. We wanted to go right to the Kingpin booster box since Ravage Lands is now out of print. And we felt as though that Empires can slot in and take that position now. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know, fellas. I, I think that could wrap up the podcast. Yeah, I think um, it's a good I, spot I just to... got one, one final question um, we asked everybody so far. Um, for you, Josh, how excited are you for Empires on the Rise? Hell yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah, it's going to shake this game up big time. Is there something specifically you're excited about, Josh? Um, I'm just excited for, like, okay, I'm a troll by nature. I'm excited to just reveal Warlords and just not have the deck match people's expectations mm-hmm. completely. Like, it's there's so much variety that's going to be had with the additional Warlords that it's it's going to be really fun to like not necessarily have mirror matches when you're playing the same Legion um, right, and yeah. different stuff like that. Like it's and new guardians that we haven't even seen. We don't even know what they're going to be doing yet. So it's going to be, it's going to be insane, man. I'm, I'm stoked for empires. I really was like, ah, okay. Empires would be cool. But the more I see being dropped and spoilers i'm like okay i'm pretty gung-ho for empires i mean it's no masquerade we know why i'm waiting for masquerade but empires Empires. looks legit shut your mouth (laughs) but yeah man um the the key thing is is like like i said in the other podcast so while you're listening to this this will be the kickstarter will be live please go um we have awesome pledges if you haven't seen it yet you'll see it um just go to the to kickstarter see the pledges we offer there's four tiers for players um and there's three tiers for lgs's we want to make sure that players and stores both existing and new get the best deals they possibly can we have full customizable add-ons that can go on to any tier plus we have some amazing stretch goals we have backer stretch goals we have discord community member stretch goals as well as monetary stretch goals so it's all stuff that we can we can do to work together as a community make this set the best possible and make this set the best release possible so the set is done it is finished it's been fully tested over a year ago now almost so it's ready to go and so it's just a matter of let's let's expand let's scale up this community and let's get this set into people's hands yeah, and and like I said, um, at, 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 in the description of this podcast, you'll have the links to that Kickstarter. If you want to know, learn more about um, 
Legion's Realms at War will have a link to the Discord and all their social media pages as well. Um, join the community, ask some questions. We, the community has been popping off lately um, oh, as we um, post these spoilers for Empires on the Rise. We're getting a lot of new members into the Discord, curious about the game, asking questions. It's been exciting. It's been fun meeting new people, curious about the game. So um, we'll have all those links in the description of the video. Make sure you click and check them out. It's a great place to learn more about the game and meet just literally one of the best communities out there right now. So, in my and opinion. Andrew, before we head out, where can they find this podcast and this future pod- podcasts? So, this podcast is being aired on Anchor FM. And Anchor FM, so if you don't know what Anchor FM does, is it hold on, guys? Um, Anchor FM will, um, once we publish the episode, it will um, instantly take the um, the uh, podcast and send it to anywhere that has literally a podcast platform. Uh, we're talking everything from – let me get the list here so I'm not lying to anybody. One second. So it will go to Apple iTunes. It will go to Google Play. It will go to Overcast. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Spotify. So you'll be able to find the Legion's Lounge podcast on all those platforms. So make sure you're checking us out. Um, like we said, it's a great way just to sit down and, and kick back for the day and, and listen to some dudes talk about some TCGs and ladies. We'll have some ladies in the, in the uh, episodes as well. So just a great way to sit back and learn more about the game and just everybody's passion and love for Legion's Realms at War. And uh, like I said, a perfect way also to um, kind of uh, sweeten the deal a little bit. If you join the Discord, you can even sign up to be a guest on the Legion's Lounge podcast and actually have a chance to talk with the creator of this game, pick his brain, ask him some questions. Which is Um, honestly so fun. Which, I mean, honestly... What other game's doing that right now? What other game can you go into the Discord, sign up for a podcast, and actually talk to the creative game? Like, like Taylor has time to be doing this shit, guys. He's trying to create a game. He's pushing out expansions, testing cards, developing cards, these backstories, these lore, this lore. But he still takes time out of his day for the community to do this podcast once a week and, and bring in new players to pick his brain and ask him questions. If that doesn't tell you something about the game... And the creator, I, I don't know what else will because that to me is hands down one of the coolest things. Oh, 100%. So I think we'll wrap up the podcast there. Um, Josh, I appreciate your time. You came very well prepared. I had some questions, but uh, um, you can like I said, I'm not here to all of them, man. I'm not here to like try to stump people or make people look stupid. It's literally just questions to say, get what your passion is for the game and, and what you like most about it. Um, I'm never going to have the, like, these brain busting questions that try to you know throw people for a loop. That's not who, who I am or how I am. Um, I just really just a way for me to kick back and talk to some good people and have fun for the night. So um, appreciate you for taking time out of your day, Josh. Um, I know we better let you go take care of that dog. Um, the girlfriend can obviously take care of herself by what you said. So if she's listening <laughs> to this, that's what he said. I heard him say it. <laughs> Oh, geez, that's a, 
You're welcome, Hope Josh. I don't uh, eat have that fun. One. Uh, have fun with that one, buddy. Um, because <laughs> I get to go, I get to go to sleep next to my wife tonight and and be comfy and have no issues. So good luck with that one, buddy. I hope it all works out for you. This won't and, air uh, for a couple months yet. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, no. Thanks for having me on. She's like, you know what? Your next trip to Clarksville, Tennessee, because of that guy, you're not going, dude. You're you're staying here. Either that, or she's gonna let him go, and then just like just shack <laughs> change up with all Andrew. the change all the locks and everything, and then yeah. Josh is now my new roommate. Well, I mean, if the uh, dates that Taylor was telling me are still the same, if it's one of the weekends, uh, she's in New York, so we're both gone. So it's she can't change the locks. I'll be home before her. There you go. <laughs> As always, Taylor, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're a busy guy, but thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this podcast with me. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for wanting me to be a part of it. Um, this has been awesome. And yeah, uh, this I, is something I, I really look forward to continuing on all the way through our year too, right? So absolutely. honestly, this is and something Matt, I love recording. Uh, yeah, Matt, the the cog that keeps the podcast turning, baby. Uh, really <laughs> appreciate everything you do. Um, awesome producer, does all the editing, does all the recording. Basically makes my life easy. So I just <laughs> have to sit here and talk and ramble um so i appreciate all your uh hard work and dedication to the podcast and the community in whole so appreciate it matt Dude, I, thank you so much man it's honestly it's not a lot you make it sound like it's a lot it's really not well i'd be sitting there looking at it forever trying to figure out what the fuck i was doing so <laughs> kudos to you my dude but anyways guys i appreciate it you all have a good night and like i said we'll put all the descriptions of those link or all those links in the description of the video Click them. Check out Legion's Realms at War. One of the greatest TCGs out right now. So um, show some sport, show some interest, and come hang out with us. Check, check out that Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, Kickstarter, for sure. We'll be blasting info, so fi follow us on social medias, too. Legion's Realms at War. Uh, you type it in, you'll probably find it. It's all over the place. So check it out and follow the socials and ask questions and join the community. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, and thanks everybody for have a great night. Take and we easy. will definitely see you uh, on the next episode. See you in the next lounge.